Peter says that that we we need to be prepared to give the reason for the hope that we have. Yeah. But we do this with gentleness and respect. And he's even in the context, he's talking about people that are mean, people that are slandering, whatever, uh, that you don't stoop to their level. Yeah. That that you don't argue people into the kingdom of God. You don't bully people into the kingdom of God. You don't you don't pressure and force them. No, it's with gentleness and respect, and they're drawn to it. All you have to do is present it. People are drawn to to the grace of God. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Today, Chad, we're going to talk about something that, for whatever reason, on the list of fears, people have fears of public speaking. I think that's number one, fear of dying. That's number two, which I find ironic that people are more afraid to public speak than to die. But uh, I also kind of get it. A lot of people, when it comes to their faith, followers of Jesus, they are terrified to share their faith. They're afraid that they're going to maybe look dumb or they're afraid they're going to say something wrong or somebody's going to ask them a question. They're not going to know the answer. So let's talk today about what what does it look like practically? How do you tell people about Jesus? How do you share your faith? Um, Because I believe deep down, if you've experienced the love of Jesus in your life, you want that for other people. Like you want people to experience what you've experienced, but it's so difficult. One, why do you think it's so so challenging? Well, first of all, I was thinking, so there's all these phobias. Uh-huh. There's hundreds of them, like specific names. Yep. I think phobia is the fear of clowns. I have that. <laughs> Arachnophobia. My wife has that. My, my number one spiders. job in our house is killing spiders. Yeah. If you come up to me in a clown outfit, there's a chance you will get punched <laughs> in the throat. And I just want to say that out loud. Clowns are creepy. Oh, man. So, so for, I wonder, hang I, on. Because for a long time, I, I don't do this anymore. I've grown up. I've matured. I used to love to kind of prank chat a little bit. And so there was this cutout we had of this politician for this series we did years ago. And Chad had this room he'd get ready in, and there was a little bathroom. And so I, I got startled one time. I walked in, and it was just like in the dark, the silhouette of this person. Well, my office was behind the stage. It used to be a janitor's yeah. closet. And so in Chad's office, in in the bathroom, I, I put that cutout <laughs> so that when he walked in, he would just be terrified. And there's been a couple moments like that. I think now, man, if I were to put like a clown mannequin or something oh, in your office. I would probably pee my pants. Yeah, just have him like sitting in your office chair when you walked in. I'm laughing just thinking about it. All right. I won't well, do that. Well, that, that day when I walked in and you had that cardboard in the bathroom, it was in the dark. I'm yeah. by myself. I got here early. And it's a small bathroom. To preach on a Saturday. <laughs> I screamed out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I won't do that. I know you can do anything you want on your last day at Sun Valley, but I'm not going to. <laughs> You're not going to attempt it. Yeah. All right. So back to phobias. Yeah. I wonder if there's a share your faith phobia. Even evangelica phobia. <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> yeah. what it would be. Um, the question, well, I forgot the question. Why is that? Why is that that people are so afraid to share their faith? Oh, I, I think we don't want to screw it up. Mm-hmm. I think um, it's such a, if we go the positive route, which I'm, that's what I'm going to do, I, I, th- I do think this is the case. It's such an important thing to us personally, and we feel maybe the weight of it. Mm-hmm. That we don't want to mess it up. We don't want somebody to ask us a question we don't know the answer to. We feel like we have to get it just right. Mm-hmm. You know, none of those things are are true. But I, I think we have all of those all of those feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, you know, it, it's a it's a personal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of us have this idea it's just supposed to be a personal thing, private thing. Uh, it's not. Jesus told us to go public. 
Yeah. So but, to say that again, so your faith, it's personal. It's between you and God. Nobody else can make you say yes to Jesus. That's your decision. So it's a personal thing, but it's not meant to be private. Yeah. Which is why we have baptism. That's a, that's a public facing statement of I'm putting my trust in Jesus and we're to share it. Yeah. And I think in modern time, just to add this, um, maybe for people that are my age, uh, really old, you know, been living for about half a century. Um, well, for me, just over half a century. Boy, that's sobering. Anyway, um, you know, we have all these memories of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker mm-hmm. and TV preachers that rip Quote people off. Evangelists that, yeah. 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 And then, you know, even today in modern culture, the idea of the angry evangelical, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a Jesus follower, then you you hate certain types of people. Um you know, you're you're a jerk in so many different ways. I, th- I think we have all of these stereotypes that we don't want to be cornered into. Mm-hmm. So you add all that up, people are afraid to share their faith. I think there's also a fear. When you think about Christianity, the, the claims of, of Jesus, it's, it's pretty exclusive, meaning there's only one way to heaven. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. That's a little bit offensive to somebody of a different faith. Yeah. Of somebody who believes in something different or believes that, you know, as long as we're all just good, like it all works out. If I say, hey, there's a problem of sin and Jesus is the only answer to that problem, there's a little bit of offensiveness to that. And so I think sometimes the hesitation is, I don't want to offend other people's faith. That's really – so I'm in environments, um, cigar shop, different places where – Guys talk to each other, mm-hmm. and it's interesting in my experience, and I try not to tell people I'm a pastor unless I have to, just mm-hmm. because I want them to feel comfortable, and I want to build relational equity before they figure yeah, out I'm a— You don't want to have to climb out of the stereotypes. Yeah, I, I want to build relational equity before they figure out I'm a professional Christian, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but it's really interesting because you can talk about God— in different philosophical, you know, pontificating ways that comes up, uh, aliens comes up a lot lately. But then you bring up the name Jesus and the atmosphere changes. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think part of it is, one, there's power in that name. And two, what you're talking about, you start talking about Jesus, you're talking about exclusivity, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me, quote, unquote, Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and the the irony is, Jesus is incredibly inclusive, saying, "Oh yeah, the the Father wants all to come to faith, like no one yeah. to perish. It's it's open invitation to everybody." So we we look at it through the lens of, "Oh, he's being exclusive. He's actually being very inclusive. He's just being honest and truthful." That nothing else, no other faith on the planet deals with the sin problem. It, it doesn't have an answer for a holy God and sinful people. Jesus alone dealt with that problem for us. And so he's not being a jerk. He's not being exclusive. He's being inclusive going, I want everybody to know, and I want to be crystal clear. This is the way. And by the way, you don't have to earn it. You don't have to work for it. It's a gift. Uh, yet we sometimes feel like it's, we're putting a burden on people or offending people because, you know, their, their family was raised a certain way, or they've, they've come to this faith through whatever circumstances. Um, and, and really the goal is to be inclusive and go, Hey, this is for everybody. What's, uh, you may know the name of this. I can't think of it. Um, we don't do research before we do this podcast. We just start talking. <laughs> but there's a, uh, oh, it's kind of a rag magazine in Phoenix, um, new something. Like the New Times? or new, Yeah, like uh, New Times. I yep. think that's it. Well, in the 90s, I've lived in Arizona twice. So it'd be 20 years this summer, this round. But I also lived in Arizona in the 90s. The summer I turned 22, I moved here and I was here till I was 28. And um, and then I moved back to Dallas. 
for a few years, met my wife, got married, came back out to serve at Sun Valley. Kept the accent, though. Kept the accent, <laughs> if you get me mad or excited, um, especially. But there was a particular denomination that had ripped a bunch of people off monetarily. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a Ponzi scheme. They were m- moving money around. And I remember on the New Times when that came out, they had this fat guy in a suit. Uh, it was a drawing, like a caricature, mm-hmm. kind of sweaty. He was holding a Bible in one hand and uh, money in the other. And it was a quintessential caricature mm-hmm of what people thought about in that time of a quote unquote evangelical Christian. And I remember seeing that going, Oh gosh. And it happened to be the denomination that I was serving in at the Mm -hmm. time. And so it was a whole embarrassing, terrible thing. But I remember seeing that caricature going, I don't want people to think of Jesus Mm -hmm. uh, when they see that caricature. And so I, I think a lot of us are afraid of that. Um, of, of being characterized into something that we're not. Mm-hmm. So even now when um, I do share my faith, when I feel like the Holy Spirit leads me to mm-hmm. and I'm prompted and, and sometimes when people, you know, ask me, you know, are you a Christian? I, I want to respond with, well, what do you mean by that? Yeah. What's your definition? Of yeah. Christian? A- am I a, a, you know, homophobic jerk that hates certain types of people and only votes this way. And, you know, because whoever I'm talking to probably has a different worldview than me. There's a little bit of baggage, a little bit of filter that's coming with that question. They probably vote differently than I do. Mm -hmm. There's probably, you know, some things they assume about me that are correct, Mm -hmm. but I don't want the jerk side of that caricature to be correct. Yeah. Uh, Because I am conservative and I do see things a certain way and I... um you know, think certain lifestyles are, are not honoring to God. I mean, there's I do have these beliefs, but that doesn't mean I have to be a jerk about those beliefs. And so, I, I mean, I, I wrestle with some of that, which is why I'm slow to tell a stranger that I've never talked to before that I'm a pastor. Yeah, there's some people, I believe, that are slow to share their faith out of love for people, out of sensitivity, sensitivity for people. And then there's others that are quick to share their faith. I mean, they're on the other end where it's like they're standing on street corners and they're yelling at every person walking Slap by. Slap you upside the head That's with exactly. the word of God. That's exactly. I was doing a, we had a candidate out for a staff position and we went to dinner in downtown Gilbert one night and I walked out and somebody's yelling on a megaphone and they're quoting scripture and they're yelling at everybody. And I remember thinking in their mind, they're the best evangelist because they're not afraid, right? They're, but the packaging of it, that's totally absent of love. And so you have people that maybe hold back some of the truth because of love, because they're, you know, they're afraid or they're wanting to be sensitive. And, and then you have those that give all truth, but no love and, and both have their, their shortcomings. And I would say for the person that goes, I just need to stand on a street corner and yell at people, go, go read the gospels, go look at how Jesus engages with people. Cause it is, never do you see Jesus doing that. My reservations and this is, I mean, you know my personality, mm-hmm. but not everybody does. My reservations are not even about being sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's no, I mean, I, I get up and talk about Jesus for a living. So there's not a lot of fear with me mm-hmm. with, with that. It's not about being sensitive. It's about being strategic. Mm-hmm. So what I'm thinking is, because I'm, I'm in missionary mode. Mm-hmm. I'm in a foreign land, right, with this person. Yep. This person doesn't know me. They have a different worldview than me. They, they probably culturally live differently than I do. So I'm a missionary in that moment. What is the most strategic way yeah. I can get to the gospel with this person? So it's much more about strategy. And that and that's the difference. So 
you know, you talked about being we're foreigners here, you know, that our citizenship is in heaven and we're to represent this kingdom of heaven in this world to the people that God gives us influence with and puts us around and sees those opportunities. Um, if there was like a covert operative, you know, deep cover in some foreign land or whatever, and all they did is just totally adhere to the culture and then, you know, live their life and then die at old age, you'd be like, well, what about the mission? Like there yeah, was, there was, that's pur- right. there's purpose to being there. And sometimes we just, we get so covert that we forget that there's a mission involved. Yeah. Well, oh, and it's such an irony. Everybody has these stereotypes. So when, um, so I have, I have a, most of my friends, or whether they know Jesus or not, uh, like to hunt. They, they like uh, kind of masculine mm-hmm. things, motorcycles, things like that. That's things that, that I like. And so their misconception of Jesus is that he's a wimp, mm-hmm. uh, that there's not a tough side to the gospel. And so, you know, they might use the word crutch or whatever. That's for women. And so I I have that group of friends. I do have another group of friends that are more artistic. They tend to be a little more liberal in their beliefs. And then their their view of, you know, a Christian or of of Jesus is is that he's a jerk. And so it's, it's really interesting, depending on who you're with, the stereotypes you're dealing with. So what I usually try to do is listen, uh, figure out who I'm talking to. And then, uh, and I'm not usually consciously thinking this, I'm more intuitive about it, but then I'm, I'm, I'm putting together a subconscious strategy mm-hmm. as I'm getting to know the other person. I'm for sharing your faith through listening first yeah. and then, and then asking questions and then it turns into a conversation. And then as you have uh, relational equity and for lack of a better way, you've earned the right mm-hmm. to share what you believe, then then that's usually my approach. But I, I've got to figure out who am I talking to here first, yeah. because everybody's got a stereotype and most of those stereotypes are wrong. Yeah. So there's not what, what I'm hearing you say, there's not a formula. You do A, no. B, C, D, no. and you've shared the gospel that there's a, and, and I totally agree with you. Because again, when you look at Jesus, you look at his ministry, he's asking questions. He treats this person Differently, not with, you know, he he's honoring and he's gracious to everybody, but depending on where that person's coming from, he engages with them differently. When he's talking to a rich young ruler, he's engaging with that person, kind of what matters most. When he's engaging somebody who has a sick child, the conversation is totally different. When he's engaging the woman at the well, all of these different moments, he approaches it differently. Why? Because people are different. Yeah. And there's not a one size fits all. Uh, what are some of the questions that you ask? To, you, you mentioned you're listening, you're asking questions. What, what are some of the questions that you ask? Because I do believe there's an opportunity for all of us, evangelism by asking questions. Well, it would, it would depend on the relationship. So, mm-hmm. so some people I've, I've seen more than once. You know, we, we've talked about sports. We've talked about hobbies, you know. And so as time goes on, I, I see them again. Um, questions get a little deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might say, tell me about your family. Yeah. Tell me about your upbringing. Uh, I might say, what, what do you do on the weekends? Right. Uh, usually if I do that, they're going to ask me mm-hmm. and I'll say, you know, some of my hobbies or whatever. And then I'll say, yeah, my family and I go to church pretty regularly. And they're like, you know, oh, you're pretty religious. And, and that's how I'll mm-hmm. get into it. Yep. Um, but the questions that I'm asking them, uh, I'm genuinely interested. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not selling anybody. I'm not working up to a big moment. Uh, but then if I see opportunity to kind of weave in, not necessarily, hey, here's the four spiritual laws. Let me give them to you. Mm-hmm. What I'm what I'm moving towards is I'm gonna I'm gonna share my testimony. Mm. That's why I leave pastor out. I'm just a follower of Jesus. Because yeah. because if I'm a pastor, all of a sudden, oh well, you get paid to tell people that, right? Uh, but if I leave that out, then it's just my personal mm-hmm. um, care for them. 
Yep. Uh, which is true and real. I just happen to be a pastor too. Uh, but then, but then also my own journey with with Jesus, and so so more longer friendships where I've seen people regularly. Uh, obviously, eventually they 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 know that I'm a pastor. As that friendship gets a little more real, and usually they don't want to talk to me about things of faith. Uh, they might make a joke. There might be some pontificating question, and they're oh, you know, Chad's probably had an answer for that. Uh, but when pain comes in their life, uh, and I've got. Well, I'll, I'll just say it out loud. I've got um, two friends from um, cigar shop connections that have given their life to Jesus at Sun Valley. Both of them had pain in their life mm-hmm. when, when they decided to finally come to church. That's really normal. Mm-hmm. So those invitations had been there. There had been conversations. But then when pain hit, okay, now they're ready to listen. And that's, that's really normal. Uh, if it's a stranger, I don't share my faith very often with strangers because mm-hmm. I don't have any relational equity. But every once in a while, you have a captive audience mm-hmm. on an airplane or in some situation, yep. you know, various random situations. And I feel prompted by the Holy Spirit to do that. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, and this is, this is next level. So, and actually, um, Katrina gave me a book where I was reading some about this and uh, a guy was teaching on this and then she's working on praxin and I'm working on praxin. But sometimes I'll just feel prompted to pray for a person. Mm-hmm. And if I feel like the Holy Spirit tells me something about them, I'll say, hey, this is this is weird. I'm mm-hmm. sorry if it's weird. So you acknowledge it. Yeah. But, From their perspective, it's totally weird. But is this is this maybe going on in your life? And, you know, if they say, no, what are you talking about? Okay. <laughs> then, you know, oh, okay, I'm, I missed it. I'm sorry. But if they say, yes, how do you know that? Because this has only happened to me once. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, no, how do you know that? Um, I'll say, well, I'm I'm a Christian. And in all honesty, it might sound weird. I don't try and creep you out. But I, I feel like God kind of whispered to me about it, which is how I know. And would it be okay if I just prayed for you about it? And um, that's happened a couple of times in my life, uh, once with a stranger and then once with a brand new person I just met. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I said it, they started crying, mm-hmm. um, man and wife. So sometimes when you just ask the Holy Spirit, um, he'll, he'll make a way that's a little different. Wow. Uh, that's called a word of knowledge. He'll give you a word of knowledge. But then you have to be courageous enough to say, this is kind of weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. But this just came to mind. It, is this going on in your life? And then you let them respond how they're going to respond. So there's different ways that the Holy Spirit works. Yeah. You mentioned this, that you share your story. And just for anybody who's listening, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are equipped to share the gospel because you've experienced it. That's yeah. part of your story. And when I think about, if you look in the Bible and you look at, Man, who are the greatest theologians that, that have ever existed? I mean, there's some pretty good modern theologians, but I would say like, man, Moses had a pretty good understanding of God, met with him, you know, face to face. David seemed to have a pretty deep understanding of God. Uh, John, Peter, they all have a deep understanding of God. Paul's probably one of the greatest theologians that's ever existed. And if you read Acts, Paul doesn't go around and go, now let me let me unpack all of scripture for you. He shares a story. And if you read yeah. through Acts, you'll see he's in different environments and he's, you know, at Mars Hill or he's before King Agrippa or wherever. And he goes, I was on the road to Damascus. And there was this bright light. You know, I was persecuting the church, this bright light. And I, I encountered Jesus and here's what happened. And here was my story. And so I started following Jesus and now I'm here in chains, but I'm going to share the resurrected Christ with as many people as I can. He shares his story. So he has all the knowledge. He understands the four spiritual laws. He could do the Romans road. He could do all that. I can, let me walk you through yeah, the Old Testament. Them. Exactly. He wrote the Romans road and he shares his story everywhere he goes. Yeah. There's something to that. Yeah. Well, I, I think the bottom line on that is uh, 
we're not salesmen. Mm-hmm. I'm not selling anybody on Jesus. Um, we're not salesmen. We're witnesses. Mm-hmm. So a witness just testifies. Think about a witness on a witness stand in court. They just testify to what they've seen and heard. Mm-hmm. So that's what me telling my story is. That's to your example. That's what the apostle Paul does. Uh, in fact, it's called a testimony because you're testifying to what you've witnessed. Um, and so in church, we share our testimony, which is actually a court word now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just what we've seen and heard. And reality is um, I love Jesus because of what he's done in my life mm-hmm. and what he's done in me. And I want that for you. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the motivation of my heart. Um and so, you know, in the context of a new relationship or somebody you just meet or, or a long-term relationship, it, it's simply I listen to the person. I'm making connections relationally as I'm asking questions. And then they might share, you know, they're having a challenge in their marriage. Oh, man, I had a challenge in my marriage. Well, what happened? Well, here's what happened. I'm weaving Jesus into that because mm-hmm. Jesus saved my marriage. Or finances or um, situation at work or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just making that relational connection and then talk about how Jesus changed my life there. And, and that's, that's how you enter in, into it. I, I would say the biggest thing, we, we way overcomplicate yeah. it. Um, and we don't have to be nervous about it because we're not salesmen. Yep. Uh, the truth is we can't screw it up unless we're just a jerk and we're yelling at people in a bullhorn. Yeah. Uh, because then you're branding and that's a sucky brand. Yep. Um, but to love people well, to give, to serve, um, it's, it, the Bible says in Romans 2, it's, just, it's God's kindness that leads people to repentance. Mm-hmm. Um, to live a life that's honorable uh, and respectful and to love God and love people well is where it's at. And then as you get opportunity, you don't overcomplicate it and you just testify to what you've seen and experienced. Yeah. There's an attitude to what you just said that I think is important for us to grasp onto that Peter says that that we – we need to be prepared to give the reason for the hope that we have, Yeah, but we do this with gentleness and respect. And he's even in the context, he's talking about people that are mean, people that are slandering, whatever, uh, that you don't stoop to their level, Yeah, that, that you don't argue people into the kingdom of God. You don't bully people into the kingdom of God. You don't, you don't pressure and force them. No, it's with gentleness and respect and they're drawn to it. All yeah. you have to do is present it. People are drawn to, to the grace of God. Yeah. I, I really try to be around people that don't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, any people I meet in our church that don't know Jesus, I invite them into my small group. Mm-hmm. Usually it's an alpha group. Any story you've ever heard about, well, I invited them to my group. That was an alpha group, meaning we're investigating faith. I've never seen anybody shamed into the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anybody debated into the kingdom of God. This is my personal experience. And I've, I've seen hundreds of people, thousands actually, give their life to Jesus. It is always through the gentleness and kindness of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. uh, working through God's people, um, and he, he kind of woos people in. And sometimes they're convicted about sin. They realize it. They need a Savior. But even in that, it was a gentle conviction mm-hmm. that felt heavy to them, but they received it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of send out what you get back. So when you're abrasive towards people, they're abrasive back to you. Yeah. And so I have this picture in my office. Somebody was asking me about it yesterday. And I was on Bourbon Street in New Orleans. I told you I'm around sinners sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I wasn't sinning, but I was walking down that street, and there were a lot of sinners there. Uh, my fr- um, we're all sinners, but obvious sinners. My friend and I are walking down the street, and I, I turn to the right, and it's the back of a church. It's kind of a famous church. But there's a statue behind this church, and the statue is Jesus. It's, it's all in white. Mm-hmm. 
and his arms are outstretched like a welcoming posture. Mm -hmm. And there's a light behind it that casts a shadow down the street and up on the building. So when I'm walking down Bourbon Street, I turn right, and you can see it. It's probably 150 yards away, Mm -hmm. but it's Jesus with welcoming arms. And I, I took that picture. My friend and I got it. My friend actually snuck it and got it off my phone and then made a photograph out of it. And mm-hmm. it hangs next to my desk in my office. But it was just this beautiful moment where both – and there was a dude screaming at people in a megaphone, mm-hmm. down, you know, completely ineffective. Mm-hmm. Um, frankly, it was irritating to me. But um, and, and, and yet there's this other picture of Jesus with open arms to sinners. Yeah. And I, I think that's our posture. You know, I share my faith because Jesus has his arms open to you, mm-hmm. no matter where you've been, what you've done, what's been done to you. Uh, he's changed my life. I'm a pretty screwed up person. Uh, he has changed. He is changing. He will change my life. And man, it's all been for the good. And I just want that for you. And I think that's the right posture. If we can just get over ourselves and care about people, yeah. uh, we'll do a much better job sharing our faith. Yeah. So good. Chad, would you uh, would you close us praying for us? and? That we'd be a light to people in the, the world that need the grace of Jesus. Sure. Um, if you are listening and you felt tremendous pressure anytime God's prompted you to share your faith, um, I just want to absolve you if I can. I'm, I'm not a priest or the pope, but I want to absolve you of that pressure and help you understand it's not about the pressure. It's about the presence of God in your life. And so when that moment comes again, just silently in your own heart and mind, ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Um, Show genuine concern for the other person. Ask good questions. And as you have opportunity, tell your story and just see where the Spirit of God takes it. Let me pray for us. Um, Holy Spirit, guide us in these moments. Uh, Prompt us when you want us to share our faith. May we be intentionally looking and listening. And I pray that everybody that hears this podcast would know the joy of seeing a friend or family member or somebody they've just met come to faith in you. There's nothing like it. And so, uh, fill us, Holy Spirit, may we fulfill the mission that you've given us, and may uh, you use us for the honor and glory of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.